So for the coming weeks, I'm going to be preaching on the power of our words. You know, those things that we speak and that we say. It's our main source of communication, right? Well, it's our oldest source of communication, that's for sure. But our words have great power and great meaning and great purpose. And we're going to look at some Bible passages around that. How is it that God intends for us to speak and to use our words is what we'll be looking at. We'll be talking about controlling our tongues. Uh, we'll be talking about the impact of our words in and through the church, the body of Christ. We'll be talking about communication in our family and about the, the healing power of words and how those can impact people for good and the destructive nature of words that can hurt people so badly. So I hope that you're ready to, to hear some practical information and some inspiration about how it is that we speak in our lives because it's an important part of who we are and who we are called to be. Today we're going to consider just a few uh, truths that Jesus implies for us. And my scripture reading comes from Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. Jesus said, make a tree good and its fruit will be good, and, or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad, for a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you who are evil say anything good? For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. But an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. For by your words you will be acquitted, and by your words you will be condemned. And that is the word of God for the people of God today. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together, please. Oh God, speak to me that I may hear, and through me that we all may hear, afresh and anew this your word for us today. And having heard it, oh God, make us doers of it and not hearers only. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Well, a few quick truths this morning that Jesus brings out to us about the words that we use and the first of those in this passage of Scripture is that we become known by the words that we say. Do you believe that? Have you understood that in your own life? All of us have said words that we wished we hadn't have said, right? And perhaps we even missed opportunities to say words that we should have said. And we think back and wish, gosh, I wish I had seized the moment and done and said what I should have. We are defined by our words in many ways, whether we like it or not. That's just the way that life is. It doesn't matter if you're a follower of Jesus or not. Your words define who you are, at least in the hearers, the people who hear your words and how they perceive it. The first church that I had of my own, and we're talking 20 years ago now, when I was a young man, some of you are probably thinking, well, we thought you were pretty young now, Pastor Mark, and you're my friend. Thank you for thinking that if you did. But 20 years ago, I was just 30 years old, and 
and appointed to serve at Bethlehem United Methodist Church. And, and a few months into my ministry in that congregation, I was greeting families as they were coming out the door and individuals on Sunday after church. And there was a couple there, a little bit older than Jenny and I. And Jenny was expecting our youngest, Elizabeth, at that time. And so as they come out, I say to the woman, so when, when is it that, that you are expecting your child? They had one child, and I thought it was something that we would have in common. Well, she quickly rushed out the door, and he just busted out laughing, her husband did. And he said, man, you must be really young if you say that to a woman and you don't know for sure that she's expecting a baby. She wasn't pregnant, but she looked that way. I promise you, she looked that way. And I've learned never to judge that and never to assume. I called and left a message, I think maybe two that week, on their phone, which they weren't accepting calls from the church. I wonder why. It was for weeks before the woman would even look at me and, and even longer before she would talk to me. And when she finally did, for the next seven years of my ministry there, every time I saw her, do you know what she would say to me? When are you expecting your baby, Pastor Mark? And she would pat my tummy. <laughs> I was defined in their eyes for making a fool of myself and speaking without knowing. All of us have been defined by the words that we have said in good ways and in bad ways as well, right? Right. We're going to talk about, uh, in the coming weeks, as I said, some of the ways that words play a role in our life and about how important they are to others that are around us. I bet if you think back over your life to, to seasonal people, and I define those in my life, as folks that have come into my life for a certain period of time, and yet they're not family, and so I'm not connected with lifelong, seasonal people that I remember. Think back over your life. Who are the people that you remember the most? It's probably people that said words that are seared into your mind. It could be a teacher or a coach that told you you could do it, and that you are smart enough if you would just apply yourself and practice and, and do your best and give it your best effort, and you soared because of it, and forever you remember the impact positively they had in your life. Or could it be that someone you remember back over the years who, who was extremely negative and spoke words that tore you down and broke you down, a boss that said, you're, you're terrible at what you do or you're never going to go anywhere, or a parent that might have said, no, you can't do that. No, I won't allow that. No, you cannot go to that school or take that job. We are defined by our words because they so greatly impact others. And Jesus knew that. The second truth out of this is that our words are very telling of what's in our heart. And I must tell you here that Jesus is addressing and speaking to a particular crowd among all of his listeners, and it was the crowd known as the Pharisees and the scribes as well. These religious Jewish people that were extremely religious had been very proud in their, their following the religious rituals and the laws from the Old Testament. They took great pride in it, so much that they were puffed up and, and they 
thought so much of themselves and felt so righteous because of their actions that they looked down on other people. And Jesus said to them, Jesus said to them, you need to be careful about how you use your words and what you think that you are gaining from those because it might not be as good as you think. Jesus called them a brood of vipers. Wow, that's like a a den of snakes, if you will. Think about Indiana Jones falling down into the snake pit in the great movie and the fear involved in that. Slithery, slimy, hissing, venomous. Jesus is targeting this group to say to them, you need to be very careful about how you use your words because the words that you use, you will be judged by. Steve, I don't know if in your ministry you ever had the occasion to to call your congregation a brood of vipers. No, I have not, but I imagine if I did, that it would would affect the offering plate that Sunday. There would be a call to the district superintendent or two the following week. There would probably be rumors out in the community that 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 Methodist preacher had, had gone rogue and was preaching hellfire and brimstone. You brood of vipers, Jesus said to this crowd, because they were so proud of their own accomplishments and words that they did not look for their righteousness in God. And that's the final truth that Jesus came to teach them and to share and to show us. And that is plain and simple that he came to show that our hearts need to be filled up with the love of God, so that we may speak out of our hearts the goodness of God to others. Not just uniformly watching our tongues, if you will, or controlling our speech, but but simply allowing God to inhabit our hearts in such a way that we would cast aside all of those thoughts and things that are impure and that are hurtful and, and painful and not of God and allow his love and grace to flow through us. That's the beautiful thing about you and me. As we follow Jesus Christ, we know that it's not up to us to be good enough to enter into the kingdom of heaven and to live in that in the here and now. But plain and simple, it's a matter of having a relationship with God by which God inhabits our lives. That spoken word, the words that I'm talking about for us today are all throughout the biblical story because God speaks to us and through us life and life everlasting. In the Old Testament, at the very beginning of the biblical narrative there in Genesis, what does it say? That God spoke to the darkness and out of it came light. And upon the earth, speaking for six days, All that is was created by him. Abraham, the the father of our faith, and the father of, of the Israelites, spoke to God and was given a covenant, a promise, if you will, by word that I will make out of you a great nation and give to you a great place to live so that you may be my light shining in the world. And then John's gospel in the New Testament, do you remember how it is that, that God says through John 
that in the beginning was the Word, Jesus, the Word, spoken of God, made flesh to dwell among us. There's a reason that every Sunday, the cornerstone, the centerpiece of our worship is speaking his words because they are God's word for us today. And then, of course, after Jesus was crucified and resurrected and rose from the tomb, there was that Holy Spirit moment in Jerusalem where his followers were worshiping and a mighty rushing wind, Acts tells us, came through. And what happened there? Suddenly, it said, that all of those people began to speak in their own languages, and yet mysteriously they were able to understand one another in a way that they could not have possibly done so without the power of God. The Word of God speaks throughout creation and throughout history and throughout our lives into this very moment, into our very hearts, whether it is a child of gift and grace of God baptized with the Holy Spirit being poured out or whether it is with the worshiper that comes to seek out God's guidance and grace for the week to come. Jesus comes to show us if we will follow him and trust in him that indeed we will be given the words that are pleasing unto God and beautiful in his sight. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of days that I feel like saying what's upon my mind. And even sometimes what's upon my heart. But by God's grace, I have learned to listen to him first before speaking my words. It saved me a whole lot of trouble ever since that first church that I served where I spoke out of turn. And it's, it's helped me to to seek forgiveness where I've done wrong, and to heal up wounds where I have done hurt, and to do great good for God in healing and showing love and compassion to others. Our words are powerful and effective, like God's words are. Are we open to him breathing into us and filling up our hearts in such a way that we are him? And only him. I'm looking forward to uh, continuing uh, looking at some of these issues around communication. Let's pray today as we close, shall we? God, thank you so much for your word spoken to us. Thank you for your son Jesus, who came to show us that it's not all up to us, the weight of being good enough and holy enough. God, help us to follow him and to trust in you through him, that you may transform us into his likeness here and now, and that when we come and stand before you, all that we have said will be pleasing unto your sight. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.